episode 226 and uh holy there's a ton to talk about and craig and i were just having a conversation and it prompted me to hit the record button and just tell you this that the tampa bay lightning in this year's draft only had a sixth round pick and two seventh round picks would you believe that (laughs) i would they don't have a first round pick for the next three years in the 23 24 25 draft they do not have a second round pick this year or next year they don't have a third a fourth a fifth in this year's draft with all the trades that are going on yeah well listen i i sent you something last night and i was reading you know what, what what's going on with all the different trades uh that have happened and there's you know there's the um the sites that are re-upping their their lists because guys are getting traded so now other guys fall onto the list and and what the insiders are saying and hearing that there's players that are coming coming available and i said to you because i had read something last night that tanner Geno from the nashville predators apparently is on the market and immediately I had sent you something that this is exactly, and I mean exactly the type of player I think the Buffalo Sabres need. Now, he has not had the greatest season this year, but it's his style of play is what's very desirable. He is he's He can skate well. He's a very big man. He is very, very physical, has a nasty uh, presence to him. Um, last year, ended up scoring uh, 40 or 24 goals. Um, he is a perfect, and I mean perfect, third-line left winger that can add a sense of physicality and nastiness to your lineup. And he would have been just completely perfect for the Sabres. And within, I don't even know, like it happened late last night that there was a trade made Tampa Bay Lightning acquire Tanner Janot. And I was thinking to myself, wow, it doesn't surprise me that Tampa Bay would go after this type of player. Well, and it's then the same my next kind of player when they go get Barclay Goudreau, Blake Coleman. Like those are the types of deals they're into making. But Craig, but Craig, those aren't the types of players that you need to win. I don't know what we're talking about here. Uh, yeah. what, do, what do we mean? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, everybody, everybody around town here who was so against our theories of physicality and getting physical players are all like, go get Gunas, go get Tanner Janot, go get this guy, go get yeah. that guy. All of a sudden, they all are starting to realize. And I think that- people are starting to realize that when we spoke about this literally for the past six, seven years. Only seven. We're years. not we're talking seven years about ahead of the game here. Yeah, people. we're what we're what we were always saying. It was never about fighting and people. People didn't, there was a lot of people that were listening to us speak like, Hey, you're a bunch of dinosaurs. Uh, there's, there is no, I'm not talking about fighting. Fighting could be a a part of a certain player's, uh, makeup, but right now with the Sabres, it seems like they're, it's super skilled team. It's, it's really fun to watch when they do well and then when they play well, but I still think that there's another element on this team that they're missing. And I just brought this player up, Tanner Janot, last night. 
ends up Tampa Bay Lightning values this player. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder what they got for him. And I was thinking like maybe a second round draft pick, something like that. Second rounder, maybe a second and a third. Well, I look and they get Tampa Bay gave up Kale Foot, who is a first round defense, first rounder. He's a six foot four, 210 Cal pound Kale Foot uh, def- uh, defenseman. Okay. Very desirable. Very, very young. They also gave up a conditional first round draft pick in 2025. They gave up a second rounder, a third rounder, and a fifth rounder in 2024. All for this player who has five goals this year. Tampa Bay Lightning went out and gave a first round draft pick defenseman in Kale Foote a first rounder, a second rounder, a third rounder, and a fifth rounder. But Tampa's not too confident about what's going to happen in a few years. They had to, they had to put a conditional top ten protected on the twenty twenty five pick. Right. They are they are all in? They're all in. I mean, they're in win mode now. They they do not have a first rounder, second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder, or fifth rounder in this coming NHL draft. In 2024, they don't they do not have a first rounder, a second rounder, or a third rounder of their own. They have a third rounder uh, from Chicago. And then they just traded away their 2025 first round draft pick. I I, I am shocked with what they just paid for this player. It makes no sense what's whatsoever. As much as I love Tanner Geno, okay, it makes no sense that you were going to give up a right-handed defenseman. Former first round, first round pick in Kale Foot, and then give up a first rounder, second Kale rounder, Foot. third rounder, and a fifth rounder. It, it makes no sense, but I mean, well, they had, that's I mean, what happens. I, that's a lot for Tanner it's to know. Stupid. It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And and you know the funny thing is, I sit here, you sit here, and we think but he's about not just a five goal guy. Now hold on a second. He's what did he score last year? He said like twenty four. Someone I was, and he was a rookie. Um, I think last he, year he was a, he was yeah. a rookie. Like people were saying, he should be yeah. up for rookie of the year. Yeah, he had twenty four goals. He had forty one points, a hundred and thirty penalty minutes in eighty one like, games, which is like two sixty fifteen yeah. years ago, twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not the only trade that took place. Timo Meyer landed in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean that's a there's a lot of pieces in this deal, but I mean. The, the the half the salary retained, which I think we knew had to happen. Mike Greer coming out saying that it's not a full rebuild, but yeah, well, he's saying that, but it's a full rebuild. There, they're going to start. You know, li- listen, it's not a full rebuild because they're they're ultimately still going to keep guys like um, Couturier. Um, you know, he they're still going to keep some of their older elite players and try and work through that with some some the the youth that they're going to bring in and you know it'll be interesting to see what Mike Greer does with um Carlson he's having a world class year you know Norris trophy uh year he's he's going to get a lot for him he, like, he no could have these, had a better no season. wonder why these rumors like how long have we been talking or not talk? We not have been talking about it, but we've heard uh, Timo Meyer to New Jersey. 
Like that's kind of been like a spot that he's been that he's been, you know, discussed to going to, right? So like no wonder why it takes so long to make a deal. Number one, look at all the pieces. I'm not even gonna try to tell you who all these guys are. Okay. But then it's like look at all the conditions on the first round pick. I don't even want to bore people with details, but 2023 first round pick conditional. Uh, if the pick is top two selection, New Jersey will instead transfer their own to 2024. Like the 2024 uh, second round pick becomes a first round pick if New Jersey makes in the 2024 Eastern Conference Finals and yeah. Meyer plays 50. Like, holy shit. Like, it, 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 it becomes confusing. And this is where the, the lawyers and, uh, you know, the assistant GMs and all the guys that, that really know. Should New Jersey Devils transfer their 2023 first to their 24 first as it is a top two protected and they make the conference final in 2024, San Jose will receive their 2025th pick like oh my god there's a lot of lots that goes into this but you know when you anyway. when you when you look at it you know i'm i'm somewhat and this is just my feeling i'm somewhat surprised with uh you know with what went back to san jose like that's just my like i don't i don't see I don't. I just don't see the 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 player that you're that you're wow over, you know. Um, in terms of the pieces they got in return, yeah, yeah. Like Fabian Zetterland is is been on the team for, you know. This is this is basically his second year slash first year. He played fourteen games last year. Um, he's he's okay like he's just an okay solid maybe third line type player there's just not there's not a whole lot to the deal like i i I mean i would have thought that there would have been an elite prospect go back the other way and i don't see the elite prospect not a bad deal for new jersey to be honest when i when i look at this it's not a bad deal for new jersey uh, I, I'm I'm just looking at some of these guys. I mean, oh uh, well, the uh, the Shakir Makmadulin was a first round pick in 2020, six foot four left defenseman. You know, he's still playing over in the KHL. He's got 25 points in 67 games. I mean, that could be an interesting piece. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't we don't know. They have their scouts out there watching these guys, but. Yeah, very much so. Like that's it's. It, it, I agree with you, and I, he'll probably be a guy that, underwhelming uh, return. It seems like, but again, he said it's not a full rebuild, but kind of looks like it's going to be a full rebuild. Uh, going back to some other trades that happened, um, you know, like Winnipeg got Nino Niederreiter, um, Montreal and Dallas made a trade. Dennis Giriana for Evgeny uh, Dadanov, Zach Dean uh, for Ivan Barbashev, um, Andreas Englund, you know, obviously a just a piece going to Chicago as they continue to to rebuild. But Jack Johnson going to Colorado, 
Then you had Timo Meyer and, uh, you know, the Tanner Janot, and then obviously uh, uh, not much of a trade, Isaac Ratcliffe for future considerations. So, I mean, trades have started. This is the week. Yes, it's, they it's, have, yeah. This week. And I has this become the trend? Has it, as in what? As in, like, uh, I feel like last year a lot of trades started and got done a week before or even the year before that. Feel like teams are starting to make deals earlier and not just wait till the final hour. Well, you remember, you remember last year when when we were talking about the uh, trade deadline. It was, it was it was dead. Everybody's sitting there talking, waiting till three o'clock. Meanwhile, there's no trades that are happening because I think teams um try and try and get their teams together now, right? They 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 want to try and get their teams together. Get the get the players acclimated to their surroundings, and uh, I mean, teams aren't waiting anymore. There's there's been I'm sure there's been a ton of discussion, and way way beyond because these these trades do not take a day; they take a long time to get done. There's a lot of dialogue with all these GMs, um, but. Well, last night after the Sabres game, the Sabres were in a playoff spot. Then Pittsburgh absolutely shit spanked the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they are now in wild card number two. So it's probably going to look like a a flip-flop amongst a few teams based on schedule, and obviously wins and losses are the key ingredient there. But what are the Buffalo Sabres going to do? Alex Tuck is now on the IR, and it looks like he'll be out for a little while. The team responding well to that against Washington, but does that change the plan for you with Alex Tuck hurt? Cause he's like, I mean, if you're even thinking about getting to the playoffs, yeah, he's a massive piece to the puzzle. Well, listen, I mean, I, I felt deep down in my, my heart that they needed to add a little something, something to their roster to get into the playoffs. Now, when you lose Alex Tuck, man, does that put a wrinkle in things? It really does. Cause now you're, now you're not just making, you have to go out and try and find a player, which you're ultimately not going to be able to find. You're not going to be able to find a player that is the same caliber or level or what value Alex Tuck has in the locker room. You're, you just can't find it. Okay. So now, so now what is the thought process? Like we're like before you were trying to make yourself. Well, how better. long is he out for? Do we think? I have no idea. I mean, to you me, have his number. The, the, I'm the surprised they, you haven't made the call. It's not my place to make that call. I know. I know. I, I'll I'll trust call. me. I'll I, I, I would love to, be, I would love to be able to make that call, but I'm not making that fucking call. That's like, I, I got to assume if he's out, if they're talking the way they are right now, he's out a month. Yeah, I think he's I don't. Out at I least don't, a month. don't know. You know, it, he seemed to be hobbling. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means knee, if that means sprained ankle, if that means hip flexor. You know, anything like the, it's going to be something with uh, his his leg. I don't know what it is. Um, but it's just not a good time. It's not a good time to have Alex Tuck out. I mean, man, was he playing well. The line was playing well. It, it He's a huge, huge part of this team. 
and 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 you're taking that away. I don't know. And the you have process. a very small sample size as to what your team can do without them before you go and try and make a move. Yeah. It's not like Unless they're rocking. I mean, it's not like they've played ten games and they're they're you know six three and one. You know, yep. like we're talking about, they 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 lost him against Florida. They beat uh, a Washington Capitals team that looked like they're folding the tent, and they play Columbus on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Yeah. Now, so, listen. I mean, you you have to give, and that's uh, a winnable game we... with or without Alex Tuck. No offense, Alex Tuck, but this team can can beat Columbus without Alex Tuck in the lineup. But going down the stretch. You have Boston, Tampa Bay, Edmonton, Islanders, Dallas, Rangers, Toronto, and then you have Washington. They literally have one of the hardest schedules out there to end. It's a massive dice roll for Kevin Adams if he wants to continue to try to make a push. Or, 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 I'm not saying losing a player like Alex Tucker, losing any player for that matter, is a blessing in disguise, but it might just allow him to not have to do anything. It's a great uh, how about this? And 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 listen, I mean, every single fan, every single person that has followed the Sabres for the last decade wants nothing more than to break this, this, this losing out of the playoff drought. Okay? Everybody wants that. But when you look at the lineups, when you look at the teams that are that are putting things together to make their run. Are the Sabres where they need to be in this year, in this particular year? And for me, I don't think they are. I still think they got a tremendous amount of youth. I think that they have a lot of kids that are learning and playing and feeling uncomfortable because of the situation that they're in, that they're actually in a playoff race, and they might fail. They might fail again, but I think it's going to be for the right reasons. These kids need to fail before they continue to, to make the next step. I do not think that this team, as much as, you know, they went and scored seven goals against Washington and the team looked incredible. I still just don't think that they're ready to make that major jump yet. I wow. think that they need more seasoning. Like, you know, holy shit, man, watching Jack Quinn, you know, he at some at some points in the games in the last month, two months, that he's almost made me want to pull my hair out. But at the same time, you see glimpses of what he's going to be in, in a very short period of time where his game's going to elevate something fierce. Like he is going to be a very high-end player, and you saw let's glimpse talk about, of it in the last game. Well, let's talk about it, because two days ago when they were playing Florida, you sent out a tweet, and it said, attention, Kevin Adams, red light, red light, red light, Cap Capitals, do not trade Jack Quinn. I predict a 30-plus goal scorer in two years. And And I sent that out because I was just kind of, you know, watching the game, a little bit bored, you know. I read couple scotches. Like, couple that looks nope, like it nope, could be like no, a scotch. Uh, no, uh, you know, induced. I got someone. I got someone tweet out uh, some 
you know, Nimrod, oh, I have another one. Ribs is like, that's a no brainer. I'm like, <laughs> what are you in? One, the, what are you in the tub with a yeah. bag of chips and a bottle of scotch? Yeah. Anyway, that's probably a, be a pretty good guess. But my thought was this, my thought was this, not to, not to let everybody know like, Oh, that's no brainer. The ribs. No, I, I think right now with, with what's going on, Kevin Adams is in a situation that he's trying to make this team better okay he will always make a move that he feels is going to make the team better not only for the short term but the long term there's a tremendous amount of prospects jack quinn jj paterka you know uh yari coolidge who's absolutely on fire right now in the minors fire okay i think he's got like 16 points or something like that. Eight range, goals Riffs. in the last Order nine the games. He's on fire in the minors. Oh, come on. You got to start somewhere, man. You got to shred it somewhere. And yeah, that agree. kid is that kid is the real deal, right? He is going to be playing for Buffalo in a very short period of time with how he's playing. And it's how he plays. He's a hard, strong, he can score goals. He plays the game the right way. They're, all I'm trying to say is Kevin's right now got a really, really, really deep pool of, of young high-end players, if, whether it's if, Matt Savoy, whether it's Oslin, whether it's Rosen, whether it's Coolidge, whether it's J.J. Paterka, whether it's Jack Quinn. If you're looking to ultimately make this team better, you might have to trade one of those players. And isn't that where Tanner Janot comes into play? I mean, isn't that the exact move? That you're calling Nashville and saying, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we don't know anything. Maybe they were, and maybe that's why Tampa Bay is like, shit, we gotta literally unload the entire draft here because we have other teams that have more to offer and we need this kid. Like, maybe that's uh, who knows. I don't want to go back and hit on what Tampa Bay traded for Tanner Janot, but that is the dumbest trade I have seen yet this year and quite be, quite frankly overpaid more than most trades that I've seen in the last five years. That's a stupid trade. He is a third rounder or a third. He is a third line left winger period. He adds physicality. Absolutely. But, but he's as valuable. A first, he's a-, a second, a third, a fifth and Kale foot who is a former first round pick who's a right-handed defenseman who hasn't even begun his career because he's playing behind five or four studs in Tampa Bay. It's a no-brainer pick. It's literally one of the greatest trades for Nashville I've seen in a very, very long time. But Because Tanner Janot does not, and I repeat, does not fit the bill for what they gave. Uh, don't tell me that you wouldn't have given a first-round pick for Tanner Janot. Like, th- that's not what they gave, though. No, I know. They gave a right-handed, 22-year-old, six-foot-four, 215-pound defenseman who's a, who's a former first-round pick. They gave a first-rounder, a second-rounder, a third-rounder, and a fifth-rounder. No, I am not coming anywhere close to that. As much as I said to you last night in a tweet or in a text, this is exactly the player that we need. I'm not giving up all that to get that player. I'm not giving that. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen. Well, it just goes to show the value of those types of players. 
because a few years ago, Tampa Bay gave up a first for Goudreau and I think a first or something for, for uh, Coleman. And, and we've talked about, uh, uh, about this already earlier in the show, but it's, it goes to show the value of what those types of players bring. Don't sit there and tell me that a guy's, you know, stuff in the stat sheet is the, are the only guys that are worth a first round pick. You got to look around your roster and you got to see areas of need. And that's what the Sabres are going to have to do. They're going to have to be very calculated with their moves in the next couple of years because how they build this team, they have nobody. And I mean, nobody, nobody on their roster that is anything like Tanner Janot. Nothing like him. So be prepared to have to unload some assets to go and get some guys. And end of story. And 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 if it's this year, great. I would have liked to have seen Tanner Janot become a Buffalo Saber simply because you can have him for a long period of time. Yeah, he's only twenty five, and he had a, he had an incredible year last year. And he plays the game. He plays the game exactly what we want. Exactly what you would want in a Sabers lineup to allow and help the young players feel a little bit more comfortable because right now, I mean, when you've got Dylan cousins, who's got to be throwing knuckles and you got Peyton Krebs right now, who's got the biggest set of donkey balls on him right now that uh, he's, he's playing, he's but playing it, some great hockey. Is, it, is this Tampa Bay responding to Toronto's moves going and getting Nola Chari and, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly? I mean, these two teams are facing off no matter what in the first. Garrett round of Hathaway playoffs. and uh, and Orloff went to Boston. I mean, that is you're getting Orloff is a a top end, top two defenseman on any team in the league. Garrett Hathaway is your prototypical perfect fourth line right winger. He's going to kill penalties, energy, physical. Has already won. Um. You can just see that the teams that are making the moves right now are making the moves for certain types of players. And those types of players, like a like a Tanner Janot, um, their their um status goes up through the roof at this time of year because in the playoffs, the game changed in, in the playoffs. There it's a different game in the playoffs than what it is in the 82 game schedule. I I it, it ramps I'm just up chucking it, this out there. Okay. Okay. I know the Boston. You, you know Bruins. what? You know, I know the can Boston. I, can Bruins. I say one thing? No, I got to say this, or I'm going to forget it. This is the ultimate prediction. I know the Boston Bruins are stacked. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the most balanced team in the Eastern Conference. They're tough as nails. They are by far the toughest team in the Eastern Conference when it comes to skill, toughness, goaltending, big defense. They are, they are exactly. If I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now, and I'm like, if I could take any roster right now, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Carolina, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning all day. And and the kicker to it is Vasilevsky. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team right now on paper in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I, listen, I mean, how do you say that when you have the Boston Bruins that just picked up a super elite defenseman in Orloff, a perfect fourth line player in Hathaway? They've only lost fi- they've only lost eight games this year. 
I'm going to repeat that. They've lost eight games. That is that is mind-boggling. We're talking Boston if Bruins. You remember Tampa Bay games this record, year? Tampa Bay set a record a few years ago with most points. 128. 128 points. They yep. went out in the first round to Columbus. I, so, I, I, I listen. I'm going to tell you. Anybody who's playing the Boston Bruins are going to be in one because there is. They have like when you have when you think of the ingredients it takes to win a championship. It starts with it starts with goaltending. Okay, let's just go to the goaltending, and the goaltending is there. Like they have a Norris, they have a Vesna candidate, and Linus Allmark. Yes, we know him. Okay. He's lost four games this year in 130. His statistics are through the roof and playing incredible. You have dynamic, game-changing players. David Pasternak is one of the greatest scorers in the game. I think he sits second behind McDavid in goals. He is a point-producing freak. He's unbelievable. Brad Marchand. Trice Bergeron are game-breaking type players. Then it's like, do you have a horse? What I mean by a horse is, do you have an elite defenseman? Not just a really good one. Do you have an elite number one defenseman? And the answer is, yes, they do. Charlie McAvoy is a top 10 puck-moving all-around defenseman, whether it's physical, whether it's killing penalties, whether it's on your first power play, whether he's paying 25 minutes a night, he is an elite defenseman. Do they have pedigree? Do they have guys that have won Stanley Cups in the past? Do they have guys that are leaders? Pasternak, or I shouldn't say Pasternak, let's go beyond him. Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Bergeron. Taylor Hall has been in this league and has been a an elite player for a very long time. Uh, Nick Foligno plays a role who's been a captain for this team for a very long time. So they have the pedigree. Now, do they have the size and physicality to get through a long playoff series? Go look at the size of Boston. They're super hard to play against. They're super hard to play against. They have everything, all the ingredients right now to basically win a Stanley Cup. I'm reading a tweet here from Mike Harrington. Someone tweeted uh, to Mike Harrington about um, the New Jersey Devils gave up peanuts uh, and some picks for Timo Meyer. We could have matched that. We, he's referring to the Buffalo Sabres, uh, without blinking an eye, keep bowing down to Adams for signing bots, players. Mike, meanwhile, we have... Uh, we haven't had a starting goalie yet in his tenure. Okay. So then Mike responded, the Devils gave up peanuts and picks for Meyer. Now they didn't lose Mercer and Holtz. I'll give you that, but they gave it all up for a rental. Maybe maybe they signed the guy, but the Sabres aren't taking that kind of chance this year, nor should they. Listen, I know the fans want to move like Meyer because it, it looks great and it looks like your team's for real, but that's not the guy. That's, that is not the guy. Even if Even if you could have got him for the same deal. Sabres Who's don't that? Need, 
My, Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. Sabres yeah. don't need him. Sabres don't need to bring on a player that they're going to pay eight plus million dollars to when they're going to they have got to pay these, him ten next year. Well, mate, well, that's what I. Well, that's what I mean. I'm talking on a long term deal. Like he's talking like yep. nine million. So let's say you get him for eight, eight and a half. No, you don't need him. You don't need him. You have Jack Quinn. Okay, he's he's a special player. I don't need to go run the gauntlet on young players that they have, but you can go and you need other pieces. You've got you you don't you've got other you need other pieces. You don't need Timo Meyer. In fact, I was so happy to hear that that deal was done with New Jersey because it completely took Buffalo off the off the table for it. I was more disappointed that they didn't get in on Tanner Janot. So, and which I can understand because if I'm Kevin Adams and I'm looking at everything that Tampa Bay gave, as we've already discussed, I'm like, that's I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, yeah. that's something you do when you're in a position to win a cup. So, um, those are missed opportunities. That's that's the hardest part I have to imagine about why being is a it why is it taking on, so long is being so patient. What's that? Why is it taking so long for for Chikrin? Because I, you know, I I read from many people here in Buffalo, the people that follow the team, do a lot a, a lot of writing, podcasts, this, that, and the other. We're all reading the same thing. We're all looking up the same thing. And and there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there that want Jacob Chickering. It's not the guy. You don't need him. You don't need him. Is he I, is 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 he not a a perfect fit here in Buffalo? Top four. I think you need a right-handed shot for your top four. I will take Colton Pareko on his contract right now. Which is a ridiculous contract for the next what is it eight more years he has at six and a half? Yeah, something. Then Jacob Chikrin right now on his current deal for eight years. I would. I'd rather have Joel Edmondson, okay, from Montreal on my bottom. Yeah, he's not a top four though, right? On my bottom pair and okay. keep the top four the way they are. Then have Jacob Chikrin on this team. And this is not an indictment on Jacob Chikrin. It's about need. I mean, that's a move that maybe you might have to fill in in a couple of years, but you got Darlene and, and power. You got Samuelson. You got Yoki Haru. You got Labushkin. You need a left-hand shot bottom pair guy. If I'm looking just a, for just a just a much better defender than what we have currently right now. And I'm listen, I mean... Jacob Bryson, um, Kale Clegg have have at times played well, but I'm for me the one thing that the Sabers struggle with is keeping pucks out of their net. That's just not okay? sol- a solidified back end. That those are like you like I'm going to use your term band aid. Those are band aids, and and that's no disrespect to them. They're NHL caliber players, but they're not difference makers in your lineup. And you can have a bottom pair yeah. that are difference makers. Yeah. So there was a tweet that was sent out last night, and it was actually to Jeremy Roenick when we were doing a pod earlier in the season. We were talking about how many times the Sabres have given up three-plus goals a game. In 58 games this year, do you know how many goals 
how many times they've given up three plus goals in a game? I'm going to take a serious stab at this one. 46, 44, 44. Okay. 44 games in 58. They've allowed three plus goals. That's why they're not in a playoff. It's not because they're, they're scoring goals left and right. I mean, they're scoring a ton of goals. The Sabres are very exciting to watch. May not win all our games, but I'll tell you this. They're they're fun to watch because they do score goals. But goals goals four are not gonna are not gonna make you make the playoffs. Like right now, the Sabres sit second in the NHL for the most goals for. It's a tough, that's a tough split, man. Yeah, it is a tough and they're 17th in goals against, you know, if they, if they were more defensively responsible and played a tighter style for me, it's, it's, it's a no brainer where, where they would be right now. You look at the teams that all have the best goals against average. Number one by far is the Boston Bruins. Well, they've only lost eight games this year. It's because they're elite players, even guys like Pasternak, Brad Marchand, they're all caring about defense. They care about defense because defense translates into good offense. You have Carolina that's number Which two. Which translates into a great goaltending duo. Exactly. You have Dallas, New Jersey, Colorado. How about this one? This is a surprise for, for me. Toronto Maple Leafs sit at number six for least goals for goals for goals against goals against. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, the, when, once you start to get into the playoffs, once you start to battle and goals become that much harder to score, you have to rely on great defense. And right now the Sabres are a little soft in their, and I shouldn't even say that because it's like, I mean, they're, they're dealing with a, a a rookie star defenseman in own power who's 20 years old. Matthias Samuelson, ultimately his first year in the league is 22. Yoki Haru's been in the league for a couple years, but he's only 22. Um, Rasmus Dahlin is 22. And they're all these guys are all going to be turning, I think, 23, but it's a very, very, very young defense core. The goaltending has been good in games and certainly not great in others. We don't have an elite goaltender uh, goaltender right now that's back, backstopping our team and, and winning games single-handedly for us. Now, there's been a few games where our goaltenders have, have done so well that they've, they've kind of helped us win games, but for the most part, no. And our, our forward line, is is scoring goals at a rate that we haven't seen in a in a very 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 long time since 0607 um Owen Power has 22 points in 55 games plus 14 four goals it's unreal 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 uh, i yeah. think he's i think oh. he's, yes it's his first year in the league. 
yes, I think that's unreal. So I'm sorry again. Like yeah. I'm not going back to your grades that were completely horse shit. Where you're like, you know, I'm not giving him a. I'm not giving him an A. I'm not giving him an A. I mean, give me a break. Kid deserves an A, but he, I mean, no, he doesn't deserve an A. Twenty-two. He'll points. get an A. He'll get an A when he deserves. You know how many it, and... points Victor Hedman had his rookie year? Um, forget that. Go to his second year because I know you're going to be like, well, Owen Power didn't play at 18. There you so, go. Tell me what. Uh, tell me what Hedman had when he was th- when he was 20. So it had been his third year in the league. So Hedman was drafted in 09. So his so when he was 20. No, I'm not going to do that because he had years in the NHL. Oh, but okay. Okay. All right. Fine. I will. He had 23 in 61 games. All right. So he's very similar to Owen Power right now. Minus nine, five goals, 18 assists. Yeah. Next year, he had 20 points in 44 games. Then he had 75 points in 55 games. I think Owen Power could have 55 points next year. I 1,000% agree with that. I think Owen Power will have, he'll have 50 points next year. Darlene will have 70. Owen Power will have 50. Like, I mean... I I I think I mean the, the this defense core like you know how again, all these teams over the years like Toronto and Chicago they've thrown these 10 million dollar deals at all their forwards and no team is one with all these 10 million dollar contracts with these all these loaded guys up front I think you need to spend that money on your defense your defense and your goaltending need to be first and foremost by far way stronger than your offense. And I'm thinking about like the Sabres are going to have two got two defensemen making 10 plus million. Well, uh, or averaging 20 million between the two of them, between Darlene and power Darlene's at 10 and a half and powers at nine and a half. That's 20 million between two. It's going to be very, 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 very interesting to see what happens with these two contracts. Cause both guys are going to, are going to, 100% need to be signed after the season. Both these two players have a year left in their deal. I think they have a year left in their deal. Yeah. Um yes they both do. Okay. And uh you I mean you are not and I repeat you are not going to be allowing them to um play another year. They're just too good. Like, I mean, just like you said, like Owen Powers having a nice season, he'll probably, um, he'll probably end up with 30 points this year. Say 32 points he ends up with. Let's just say 30, given a nice three in front of it. Let's just say 30 points he ends up with and he's plus 15 and he, right now he's averaging 23 and a half minutes a game. He is going to be playing. 25 plus minutes next year. Owen or uh Darlene right now, I think, is second in the in the NHL for most minutes played as a player. And he's playing what 20, 26 minutes a night. You're gonna have both those two guys on the ice for half the game almost. That's how good they are. Like your your third pairing. Does not you do not need to spend a lot of money on your third pairing because ultimately they're going to be playing anywhere from 10, 12 minutes a night tops. You ever see the movie Rounders? 
All I think times. about is Teddy KGB. Pay that man. Pay, Pay that, that man, man his, his money. money. Pay him. <laughs> I so you know you as much money? as much as as much as Kevin Adams right now nailed grand slams with Tage Thompson cousins and Matias Samuelson. And I mean, grand slams, they're not home runs. They're grand slams on all three of these players, man, the big one, the big ones are going to be Owen power and Darlene. He's done. Kevin Adams has done. I mean, world-class job getting these, these deals done, but if they can get a Darlene and an Owen power done, to be able to take a real deep breath and and, and exhale, I mean, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be very very pleased, very pleased. Uh, and I I cross my fingers that it the that the numbers are not too high, because if the numbers are too high, it's gonna be really really. What tough if it's twenty one million between together. the two of them? I think it's too much. Okay, I said twenty originally, but I just I want to boost that up a bit in case you know. Maybe someone gets ultimately more. comes down to the salary cap, right? It comes down to what it's going to be. And, and, and from what I'm hearing in, in two, in four years from now, the salary cap is going to go up over $10 million. It's going to go from 83 to, to 94 we'll see. or whatever. And, we'll and see. those are, those are big numbers. Those are big numbers. When you're talking about trying to sign guys. What does TV viewership numbers being down mean? What do these blackout numbers mean, you know, for sponsorship and advertising dollars? Like, I'm sure these companies that spend millions on advertising are calling saying you're blocking out our games. We want some of our money back. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I have have the revenues kind of peaked. I mean, we're talking about a, you know, a sport here that's, it's not football. Yeah. So. You were just going to say you think what? Before no, I just thinking about you know I I kind of sent a tweet out and you you had mentioned something about that about uh, Jack Quinn. I think Jack Quinn. We uh, we're not even close, not even remotely close to what this kid's going to become. Like right now at at age twenty one, his first year in the league, he's got twenty six points and 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 ten goals. He's a plus nine. And this kid is just absolutely nowhere, nowhere near where he's going to be. I don't know how this is going to sound, okay? Uh, but maybe you can help make sense of it. Um, you know, like with injury comes opportunity. And this is an opportunity that we might be able to see Jack Quinn get a stretch of games with two players that are, you know, playing as top-line players. They are top-line guys. like Like Jeff Skinner. You know, we shit on him. You shit on him. I've shit on him. Uh, not as badly as you did earlier in the year, but I've I've been hard on Jeff as well. He's playing so well. I mean, he's, he's playing. He's playing so well. Crazy and to get. And Tage Thompson's just goes without saying. But to, for Jack Quinn to get a little stretch with these two guys with Alex Tuck's absence, if he can catch fire with these guys, I know that that. Skinner Thompson Tuck line is is the team's number one line. But if you could somehow feel comfortable to roll with Jack Quinn on that top line, and you could have Dylan Cousins and Alex Tuck together, because I believe Alex Tuck makes everybody better around him when he the way he plays, 
and you can find a nice complimentary left winger on that on that side, you got yourself a squad next year. You got yourself a top two a, a top two lines now and not and not like a top line with a couple number two pieces. You've got two top lines. Dylan Cousins is going is is 22. When he starts next year, he's going to be 22 years old. So will Jack Jack Quinn. JJ Paterka has had um a solid solid year a, 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 a real eye opener year for this young man okay he is a very very talented hockey player on all aspects of the game he again is nowhere near nowhere near where he's going to be he is a rookie he is super young he just turned 21 i mean we're talking like babies your second line is already set J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins, and Jack Quinn will most likely be aligned and consistently be aligned. They are dynamic beyond dynamic. They all skate very well. They play the game fast. They're just super insanely crazy young. Got two kids that are playing on on this line. Jack Quinn and and J.J. Paterka are rookies. That's that's how many teams in the league right now have two rookies, two rookies on the same on the same line? You're not going to find it. Right now, Kevin Adams is and, and Don Granado is putting these guys together, giving them opportunity to kind of go through, get some war wounds a little bit, learn, make mistakes. It's a long friggin' season, man. These kids are starting to wear down because they've never played seasons this long. They've never had the emotional attachment and, and the physical and the mental attachment to a season. I find these kids, JJ Paterka's kind of slowed down in his game because I think he's probably mentally, physically, emotionally fatigued. He hasn't played a, a season this long before. But that's okay. It's okay. Because next year, he's going to be that much more iron strong. And his skill set and his mind is going to be able to come out because he's he's already been through a bit of the war, you know, a bit of the war wounds uh, and, and the ups and downs. This 20, team's... 24 I've always said, left. I've always said, and, and I will say this, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face. I've said it 200 times this year. Victor Olsen is a very good hockey player. I have never not once said he is not a good hockey player, but he is not the player that we need on the Buffalo Sabres. That's just, I'm, I'm going to say this. I will continue to say this until he is moved for a different style of peace on our third line. He is yeah. on the third line right you're, now. You're ripping into Olafson too. I mean, I, I feel, listen, I feel that way about Middlestead. Those are the two guys that got to go. And I'm not saying I would not, I would not move Middlestead. What? What? I would not move Middlestad yet. He's still like he's still. I I consider Rim, he's not, he's still not a young. top six guy. Period. He's on this team. He'll never be a top six guy. And you need legitimate bottom six players. I I'm sorry. Like you need to change the 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 face of the team. And it starts with with you need hulking wingers on your third then line. Go get hulking play. wingers. But leave leave Middlestad and his hockey IQ and playmaking ability. The kid the kid is young, Petey. I mean, we're not talking a twenty seven year old. We're talking a twenty four year old. 
I, I, I believe that there is no rush to basically move Casey Middlestad. I, I, I think you have your top two centers, big, hulking, strong, skilled centers. Casey Middlestad, six foot one, 200 pounds. He is going, he is getting better. He's got 37 points in 55 games or whatever this year. I mean, he's on pace for 50, a 50 point season as a third line center. If you want, if you want Casey Middlestat to be better, go and find him a winger that'll actually go in the corners and get the puck for him. Go find a winger or wingers that will actually go to the front of the net and stand there to screen a goaltender, to get rebounds, to battle. Doesn't have those guys right now. Doesn't have them. And he's still doing well. Like you got Casey Middlestead's got 20, 28 point, 28 assists this year. Victor Olson's got nine. He's got nine fucking assists. He's got nine assists. I I don't want, I'm not going to get into this argument with you. I just, it's not an argument. It's not an argument. You can't argue with me because I know you agree (laughs) with me. And so does everybody else. Everybody that watches the game, it's the same thing. You know, listen, I mean, Victor Olson, he's got something in this league that makes him dynamic, and that's his shot, his ability to get shots off from areas that other players would never score goals from. Victor Olson has the ability to score goals in certain areas, off the fly, turning sideways on a one-timer, whatever it is. 23, what has he got, 23 goals this year? My point is we don't need that moving forward because you can replace him with a guy that may have 16 or 17 goals. Like go get a Lawson Kraus. No, come on. They're not Arizona. Go Lawson Kraus. Give me like go get a Lawson Kraus. You're not they're not getting rid of Lawson Kraus. Those we've already established this. Like if, if you don't have these just, players I'm just, right now, I'm if, just giving you one guy, Petey. Don't jump don't all over these me. players right now. You're not getting these players. There's only one out there. There's only one out there that you can go get right now that's available. I don't know what you're gonna have to give for him, but if, by by looking at what what uh, uh, Tampa Bay gave up for Tanner Janot, Jordan Greenway is gonna get a shit ton for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I don't care. Him. Well, listen, my price tag would never even come close to paying that for those types of players. Well, it's not gonna be, not going to get it. Well, not going to do it. It's going to be a first round pick. So anyway, why would I give a first round way. pick for Jordan Greenway when he wasn't even a first round pick himself? <laughs> he wasn't even drafted. What does that matter? It's the most moot point that anybody could make. It's oh, not about, saying, listen, it's not I'm about not, what round the player was drafted that you're trading for. It's what they're doing. Like, are you but again, me, we're talking about oh, Nikita the Kucherov isn't going to get you first round pick. He was a second rounder. The fucking second rounder. Okay. So. Can't get what would you get for him now? What? What would you get for him now? A franchise. We're talking about putting together a third line slash second line B, A, B, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Cause I, I think that sometimes the third lines are better than the second lines. That's what I, th- that's what I think. Casey Middlestat, 
people, some people are going to agree with me and some people are going to jump all over me, but I believe that Casey Middlestat should be staying here in, 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 in Buffalo for another year. He's got another year in his contract. You just need to find him the right wingers. Need to find them the right wingers. Okay. And I think well, those wingers that you could find are going to cost you a little bit, but we're also, you know, it's not like you're giving away Victor Olson. The guy's got 23 goals. He's a goal scorer. He's put up points. He's a very skilled hockey player. We just, I'm for me, I just look at not getting some big, heavy mutt. I'm looking at getting a guy that's maybe just a little bit different in his style of play. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.